Hello and welcome to the F the Glitter podcast, the podcast that's centered around highlighting women of color in the world of graphic design, brand design, and marketing strategy. I am your host, Ashley of A. Louise Creative, and today I have the honor of having Miss Zakira Muhammad come back as a guest with us. Yes! You know, I'm, I'm super hyped because it means that our first conversation was so freaking hot that she was like, yeah, we, we got to connect. We got to connect again. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, Matsukira is the owner of Focus Media Group, which is social media management. She's a brand cultivation, cultivation specialist, correct? Yes. And then she's also a photographer, which was like her first love. If you listen to the first episode, you'll find out that photography is what got her into the creative realm. And then she kind of just stepped in and just went, boom, I'm here. So with that, Zakira, reintroduce yourself to the people who have not met you before. Um, And then let's get into this. Let's talk about how you've been, boo. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. And you're so right. It was like that conversation was so amazing. And we've been in touch ever since. So you're like, hey, come on back. I'm like, why not? <laughs> so yes, I am Dr. Kira. I am a, I'm leaning more toward being a creative strategist now because, you know, like Ashley said, I um, help entrepreneurs to grow their brand. And because photography is my first love, I'm kind of redirecting my way back to that of helping entrepreneurs to grow their brand, to have the visual assets that actually help them to position themselves as expert, monetize their brand and, you know, practice it all up into, you know, the social media strategy for all those who are still kind of shifting from corporate over to the online tech world and, mm-hmm. and don't have the creative juices unlocked yet. So that's where focus with the pH. That's where we come in and we do the creative side so that everyone else, all the other ladies and some gents can just focus on being business people and focusing on the most important aspect, which is customer service. So they are the only thing that cannot be automated in any of these businesses is them. So you know that's what, what I've that, been doing. That, that's a big, that, that is right there, right there. The only thing that cannot be automated is you. We can put the systems all together, but the one thing you can't automate is you. Like you really can't. You, at some point you got to sit down and like actually put together a system. I do have a question though, because something that I've been wondering, what is the pH? Like it's pH just because it's cool, like PHAT like fat or is it pH like you keep everything pH balanced like it's all like what what is pH where, where does that come from I actually like like where you're going but it was actually the play on word photography so originally really? it was gonna be yeah originally it was gonna be like a media group of other photographers right because mm-hmm. I was that for other I would that for other photographers they needed someone to fill in for them at events so they needed an assistant on their shoot so I was like okay I need to find a way to get more uh, African-American woman, um, you know, to do the same thing. So originally it was going to be a photography media group, but okay. it's so focused that like you focus, we focus on what we're trying to, you know, photograph, we focus on your brand. So that's that, that's where that came from. So of course, once I started, um, you know, contracting other women in uh, science, technology, graphic and advertising industry, I was like, you know what, it's going to be a woman owned media group um, with everything creative. So that's where that came from. Okay, that's a whole nother pH. I wouldn't even think about it. I wouldn't even think about it. It's like, fuck. I like that. I like that. Like, oh, okay. So, yeah, pH, because you know, secret pH bound for a woman. So then, <laughs> so silly, I know, but I was like, where did the pH come from? So, last time we originally met was in May of last year. You were actually my very first guest, my very first interview. Um, and one of the things that we focused in on was the representation of women of color in the creative space, us being graphic designers, us being strategists, us being, you know, marketing specialists and getting social media just with these algorithms alone just being out of control. And so how do you feel about the DIY movement right now? Like everybody is like Canva and Adobe Spark and I can do this myself. I don't want to pay for it. Like how, how has that been affecting business? in the past year especially with folks being home so it's i've seen it before and it's a good and a bad thing right i've seen it in the photography industry when smart iphone just came out everyone was the iphone photographer uh-huh. and so at first it was kind of bad for business but then if you pivot it the right way and you start that's where the online courses came in that's where you know the photographers who could not get them a client had courses and those same clients would take their courses and i feel like it's the same thing so there's now the opportunity for marketers like you and i to 
have digital passive income, right? Digital courses that show them how to use Canva, that show them why brand aesthetics are important. So it's not all bad because now it's at least requiring us to, hey, you don't want to work with us for, you know, a full brand pa- package, uh, sign up for our membership, you know, join our program so you can learn how to do it yourself. And, you know, you, you still paid access for our time. You can still ask us questions along the way. So it's a good and a bad thing. Okay. So do you think that that helps with um, educating the public? Because like a lot of people think, oh, I just need a logo. And it's like, no, you don't really need a logo. Like you need to develop this thing so that no matter who you go to, it looks like you. Like, do you feel like that kind of helps with them learning why we do what we do or how we do what we do. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Because there is a complete difference from just going to YouTube University. And I mean, there's no way to guarantee everyone credentials or how long they've (laughs) actually been doing it. So, you know, when you specifically sign up for someone's program, like they have had some kind of introduction, either in an email or in a video that says, I've been doing this for 20 years. I have this degree. And so, you know, that you're learning from the right person. So I think, yeah, it's good when uh, people specifically choose someone's membership because then you can um, double check their credential. Cause I'm not, I'm team Android, right? I'm not on Clubhouse, but yes! I've seen all the memes. Yes, <laughs> team Android. We but don't hate on Apple, memes. but we team Android. Don't mm-hmm. hate. None of us got kicked off Facebook. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh yeah, that too. <laughs> yep. I just wanted to throw that in there. I had to. I got shade. I had to throw shade. I had to shade. <laughs> so since last year, since last year, what has been like the, the highlight of the pandemic business pivot? I guess that's what we would call it now, right? Like what, what has been the highlight of the pivot that happened? Because like at first we were going out and meeting people and now we've been stuck inside for so long and not really stuck inside, but like not touching folks, you know? It's like, yeah, I wanna uh, stay over there. So like, talk to me, what's been happening? What's going on? I wanna know. Our listeners wanna know. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It is it a silver lining in it. You know, because I feel like the pandemic was meant for to slow us down, but meant to allow us to really listen to our own intuition and what we really, really want to do. Right. And so for me, having really crossed over the threshold of doing this for 10 years, it was wake up calls for me, you know, like. I am that shit, you know? And so (laughs) um, even though I was not, uh, even though I have not been able to photograph, like most of the time going out means, okay, let me photograph, let me go meet up with other bloggers, influencers. That's a good thing because that was not even the direction I wanted to go anymore. And so I had just been doing it like, oh, oh, well, it'll pay my bills. Um, Instead, it's like, now I can say no. If you are not, uh, you know, a, a woman with a brand who's trying to grow their social media, like I need to do brand portraits. I want to make sure that you have a professional headshot that you can use for the next five years. Um, I was able to learn how to just say no to all those things. So um, saying no, also included, interesting enough, uh, for those who do watch the last video, it looks like I'm in a different location, right? And I kind of am. So I completely moved to a different city. It was time. I was with my parents, but um, I think personally, I was in a different space mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was with my parents for a little bit, but then I'm just like, you know what? I am ready to get back to... With with new learned experiences, I'm ready to get back to, you know, the woman that, you know, I was before, the lively, the creative, the, you know, always busy and, and always happy-go-lucky person, you know? Right. So it was, it was, it was good. It was the silver lining and all of it. That's good. That's what's up. So in, in, amongst all the craziness, you kind of found yourself in yeah. of it all. And you were able to like step into that and just really embrace it and hone in on it. Like that, that's pretty high. That's pretty high. That's pretty high. That's pretty high. So I do want to, um, I keep, I keep trying to pull myself back into the, the photography part of it because a photographer is a creative and I think a lot of people miss that but photography is so much more than just taking pictures and seeing as though like last time we kind of focused on the social media aspect of it I really want to kind of pull back into the photography aspect of it because you said you've been doing this for about 10 years like you've been you've been a photographer for a long time so like what are some things that when looking for a photographer you would tell a, a potential customer or somebody who's like, yeah, I'm looking for a photographer. Like, what should I ask? Or what should I look for? Like, what are some things that you found to be like, these are your staples that you need to ask your photographer. And if they can't answer these questions, you can go on somewhere. Cause 
You don't need that. Like exactly. What are what yeah. are the tips? So let's say you are a um, brand, you have been working for corporate for so long, but you're finally stepping into what you want to do creatively, right? And you need that brand photographer, but you've never had a professional photoshoot before. So you're like, what do I do? What do I look for? So first is definitely make sure if you don't already have their vision, that your photographer is asking you what your vision is. What are you going to use these photographs for? How do you want people to see you? Um, you know, from the outside looking in by just judging you from the photographs, right? Mm -hmm. um, what props do you want to include? Are you a podcaster that's trying to like become the next radio show host? You want, you have those props. Um, and budget, like if they don't ask you your budget, they, they you know, they're going to be miscommunication along the way. Like, oh, I thought right. you could afford XYZ. I thought you, you know, if they don't tell you, um, if they don't ask you for your budget and tell you what they can provide, then that's going to automatically cause a bunch of miscommunication. If also during the onboarding process, if they don't um, uh, consistently communicate with you, right? If, they don't, if they're not responsive when you're trying to inquire with them, you're probably going to have a problem with not hearing from them immediately when you're ready to get your photos edited and returned back to you. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think also just having making sure that they do ask you along the way of uh, what to prepare for, right? Like say just in the instance that this is your first shoot, that you know um, what to wear, that you know your brand color, that you know whether it's going to be inside or outside. And if it is outside, that they're checking the weather. Mm -hmm. um, so those are, those are a few things, just to make sure that they are on the same page as you, that they understand. You're kind of similar to the same thing with social media marketing. You don't want to uh, work with someone and in the first uh, interaction, if there's any red flags, I mean, it's going to be the same thing. So. Right. So um, when it comes to budget, like I'm not familiar with photography, like at all. I'm not, I just know it's more expensive than what I thought it was a long time ago. Um, what? It, what would be considered a standard package for a brand photo shoot versus for a family photo shoot? You know what I mean? Like I recently had a brand photo shoot and I think I got the deal of a lifetime to be honest with you. Like my photographer was amazing. She was really, really cool. She even like, she, we didn't really have a conversation conversation. It was more of a, uh, well, what do you want to do? I said, I'm fun. I'm lively. I'm bubbly. And I want that to show through in my pictures. I was like, but I'm a brand designer. I'm a brand strategist. So that's what I wanted to the show and she was like oh, okay cool and I was like I want it light bright and airy so we ended up being outside at a coffee house because I told her like I always had this vision of being in a window or something and so like she went through this Pinterest you know she put together a Pinterest board of inspiration shots and she was like well how do you feel about these and I was like oh my god that's perfect like exactly what I wanted right but then she only charged me like $200 and I got like 50 images and I was like what and I knew that that was like way cheap, but her quality was good. So I kind of told her, I was like, yeah, I don't think you charged me enough. And I probably shouldn't have, I should have kept my mouth shut. But with that, it did make me think, it was like, well, how much is a standard, like standard industry numbers? You know what I mean? Because if I do work with another photographer, I don't want to get shell shocked because like, well, my last photographer, she gave me 60 images for like $200. Like, why I got to pay you a thousand dollars? What would be... What would be normal numbers to expect? All yeah, so that's yeah, that's <laughs> the thing though. That's the thing. I mean, like you said, it's an art in, in itself as well, right? So I mean, if you go think about it, if you go to a gallery and you want some art wall art, um, if the price is not already up there, then it's most likely that you have to ask, hey, how much for that, right? Most of the time, it's based off of that photographer's value, how how he or she sees themselves really. Um, but also depends on their cost of doing business, really. I mean, here I am in Atlanta, Georgia. There's plenty of places to do it outside, but there's also plenty of reasonably affordable studios that could be rented out for a studio headshot. So, I mean, I could throw out a number, but someone else could be listening to like, oh no, I've had a shoot, you know, for a different price, right? So I think it really just depends on the style itself, whether it's going to be indoors and outdoors, what you're going to use them for. Are you going to be able to print these photos? Do you want to have the photos of you in an album or hanging on your wall somewhere for inspiration? Are you printing them for flyers, you know, to hand over to Ashley, you know? Right. So it really just depends, um, really. And and I feel like, um, how many photos did you get? 
I, I know I had at least 30. Got a whole like, pictures. yeah, the whole, I know a whole I had gallery. a full. I know I had a full gamut of things to choose from. But like, oh yeah, that looks like I can use it for this. I know I can use this for this one. And some of them like, yeah, they're okay. I'm never gonna use those. But I had a good selection to pick from, you know. And um, I'm in one of those groups. I think I'm not gonna call nobody names, but I'm in one of the Facebook groups, the photographer Facebook group. I think the one you invited me to. And I remember seeing some of those posts. And they're like, yeah, I have five pictures, like a thousand dollars. And I'm like, shit, what? Like, oh my uh, yeah, and so that's why that's why, <laughs> that's why I don't want to throw a prize out there because honestly, that's kind of my range, really. Like you, what you get from me, uh, nine out of ten times, somebody gonna want to get retouched, right? Because I'm one of those photographers, right? Because a lot of times when people come to me, um, there's always a mind shift. A mental mind, uh, mental mindset shift that has to happen. So a lot of times they're gonna want to get their photo to be retouched too, and that's time. That that's software. Um, that's skill, years and expertise. Like for me, I was certified in Adobe. So I mean, as much as I prefer, Be certified. You know, yeah, I'm. I'm like I'm an all natural girl. Less is more, but. I am certified in it, so you know if you need to be retouched, that's expertise that you're paying for. So, and and honestly, if you think about it, branded shoots, um, pretty similar to what you said. Like most family shoots, will get the whole gallery, right? They may actually get an album printed. They may actually have their um, family members purchase their favorite, right? And so, um, branded shoots, though, you're really only using a set number of them. So basically five, three to five is ideal unless you, you know, purchase more. And so really it just depends on the photographer and the photographer's cost of doing business. Um, Cause hey, when you book a photographer, you're helping to put food on there, their place. Right. So, yeah. and, I, and I think a lot of people miss that. It's like, as a creative, what we do is how we pay our bills. So it's not like, yeah, I do this on the side. Although some people do, and it's, it's a legitimate reason to do it. But some of us, we, we work and then we come home and we work. And some of us, we just, work and um one of the memes it said uh <clears throat> hey if she's a freelancer work on yourself bro because she'll never be done with work <laughs> it reminded me of how sometimes I'll be here I'm, I wake up at seven o'clock in the morning to sit here and I'm working and I you know I take a break to take the kids to school I come back and I'm back in it and then I take a break to take them to go pick them up from school and then I come back and I'm back in it and like my kids would be like but mommy like what you doing and I'm like well uh I gotta work. <laughs> I gotta work. So how do you handle the work-life balance? Like, how do you uh, make the adjustment so where you get some secure time? You know what? It's 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 a lot easier to manage now that I am a divorced woman, and and it's uh, also a lot easier to manage because I don't like have kids yet, um, and and. And I really see my nieces and nephews like sometimes. So for me, it, it's a lot easier, a lot, a lot easier to be a little self-disciplined. So I basically um, uh, can say I can tune into myself, be self, you know, aware as well to say, okay, um, that today's not the day. Um, you know, just be like, um, I'm just gonna sleep in today, or I'm gonna go to bed early, or I'm gonna go for a drive, I'm gonna go see my best friend. You know, so um, luckily. I'm able to, you know, have that level of discipline. But I think typically I've been trying to have a consistent schedule, trying, keyword trying, to have a consistent schedule. So I will um, try to make Sunday uh, content days of just, you know, if I need to, you know, work on getting content out there, you know, for a prospective client. Monday would be admin days if that's the day I need to, you know, send email, make phone calls, make schedule anything personally as well. Um, or Fridays have also been kind of system days, where if I need to tweak any more systems or whatnot. Um, but it really depends. It depends on if that week there is a bunch of photo shoots, if that week there is a serious social media project. So I think it really does vary. But for the most part, I try to keep a, main, uh, a regular schedule. So. Okay, 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 okay. So how do you describe your photography style? So we talked about your social media style. You're very clean, very straight to the point, but it's a little bit of color, a little bit of flavor. But what is your photography style? Like if I were to come and work with you for a particular, for a brand you, like how, how what, what would I expect? 
I guess my style is really just caption the essence of you. I am intuitive. I feel like I'm going to make that a word. Like my style of photography is really intuitive. Um, sure, in our communications, in our own Pinterest board, I'll get the feel. But then once I get a feel for you, once we're in person, I tend to be very intuitive to kind of pick up on who you are, right? That's one of my secret sauces of intuition. I like that. That's my secret sauce. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I will uh, pick up on what was not being shared in our messages or in our communication. And so I feel like that's really what it is. That's what makes it different with working with me. because I can literally bring out the good side in you and allow you to really step outside of your comfort zone. Because nine out of 10 times, most most clients that I've had in the past have been, uh, I was their first professional headshot, the first, first professional like photo shoot session. So a lot of the times it's, it's also um, encouraging the, them to be more confident as well. So, so what would you say would be something that you wish somebody would have told you? when you first stepped out into the professional realm of being a photographer, being a creative, especially a self-employed side, like what would be that one piece of advice? Like, I swear, somebody told me that life would have been so much easier. I think, um, I feel like part of me does wish that I knew that it would take 10 years <laughs> to get there because you know what uh, we brought that up before not you and I but I brought it up somebody else it's like that overnight success took 10 years to come don't, don't you don't you try that mess with me yes yes and so that's that's the problem it's like I was for a while I'm, I think I keep reflecting back to 2015 because 2015 was amazing like an amazing photographic year but then at the same time I'm like but wait a minute, I'm not there yet. And so it really that realization of it's really going to take 10 years. Anybody that you do see on Instagram and you start to feel that FOMO, fear of missing out or feel like, how does she do it? And I'm not like mm-hmm. uh, there was like a whole iceberg underneath that you didn't see. And it's pretty much 10 years to kind of come up to the surface. So I kind of wish I knew that it was going to be uh like a turtle right Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not a hair in the race it's truly a turtle so i kind of wish i knew that because otherwise i wouldn't have been i feel like my level of imposter syndrome would not be as high because i'd be like no my time is truly my time and it will literally be longer than you think so you think part of that is because of the way that's just like the microwave expectations that kind of swirl around right now, you know, like even with design work, like people are like, oh, I gave it to you yesterday. I need it today. You're like, what? Hold on. I got it. I didn't even thought about it since yesterday. Like, wait a minute, y'all. Wait a minute. You know? Yes, I do. And, and I guess also what 2015, no, Instagram, Instagram came out 2010. 11? Yeah, it was a while ago. But it yeah. wasn't real popular. Right. Yeah, but not it was out 2000. No, no, wait a minute. It wasn't 2010. It was like 2012. But that's still the early part of the new decade, right? Yeah, yeah. And and not everyone. I think I feel like I too I knew about it because other photographers were like, "Hey, here is like another photo site. Just upload your photos there, right?" And then everyone, you know, like we talked about, everyone became a smartphone photographer, and everyone became an influencer. So then, yeah, so it seemed microwavable. It seemed like when people would only post the good photos and nicely edited photos, you would feel like, "What am I doing wrong?" What right. Are, you know? I can't get this on my Phone. <laughs> I was wondering people I was like, how do I get my stuff on Instagram? I cannot load this onto my phone. Why can't I post? So mm-hmm. I, I I feel that I do. I bet I think that a lot of people like they they expect things like right away. And you be like, that's ridiculous, especially from a creative. Like honestly, if we ain't in the mood, it ain't gonna happen. Like I'm sorry, but if, if we're not in the mood for it to happen, it's not gonna happen. And as much as we want to promise you, yeah, I'll get it for you in a couple of hours. I may stare at the screen for about three days before anything comes to mind. You know what I mean? Before it's like, yeah, yeah, I got yeah. It and now. I think, um, I think. Just like we mentioned it, that's what keeps getting forgotten. You hire the creator because you are not quite there yet creatively, right? Mm-hmm. So 
the creative, yes, even if you give all the information that you want, even if you say, I want it to look just like this, all it imitated but never duplicated. <laughs> right. You know, so. Right, right, right. So you did not go to school for photography. I did. did you? you did. I did. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I knew you like you learned social media because you learned that that was something that you had to figure out for people who needed the photographs. <laughs> Jim, tell so me you went to school photography. Let, let's oh, talk so about okay, it. Okay, let's move on a little bit. Okay, so that that's why we're like photography is my first love because I studied it. Um, my technical high school, I got to go to a technical high school and my technical program was commercial photography. So that's what I first learned about. Actually, we were blessed to learn about um, dark rooms, medium format and black and white um, mm. photography. So okay. I studied commercial photography and that's where we also got to um, learn more about product. That's actually my first introduction to studio photography because I grew up on like National Geographic magazine. So I thought that was the kind of photographer I would become. Like, I want to do that. But then I learned about studio and then the behind the scenes of like those fashion magazines and Vibe and everything and everything. I'm like, I want to do that. And so <laughs> I continued um, my education. Um, well, actually, I did kind of almost get that dream come true of, of being a National Geographic photographer because after I finished school, I had a gap year. It wasn't a year. It was six months. But I had a gap semester mm -hmm. um, and I traveled, right? And I took my camera with me. And then... Um, by the time I came back, I was still, you know, I was literally everywhere. I was, I was photographing fashion events. I was photographing events, photographing my, my friends who were music artists. I was photographing people mm. and I was loving it. But then I discovered a National Geographic street photography workshop in Washington, D.C. And that, uh, while I was up there, I was learning street photography. I mm -hmm. see an ad for a photography school mm -hmm. uh, and the open house happened to be that same week, a weekend that I was there. there. I went. Wow. Mm -hmm. I went, I loved it. Keep going, just keep going. Okay, keep going. I went, I loved it. Um, and uh, texted my mom, because I was staying with my uncle. My uncle lived up there, I was staying with my uncle. I texted my mom, I'm like, I want to go to this photography school. And so he was like, okay. Because it was a, it was a, it was a part of um, Boston University. It's closed down now, unfortunately. But it was a part of Boston University, but it wasn't like, I was, it was an affiliate at Boston University, and they had an uh, uh, art school specifically in Georgetown area of Washington, D.C. And so, um, yeah, that was about a, a year-long program. So it wasn't like a whole degree, but it was, a, it was a, I studied it. And that's why I treat Certification, though. So y'all didn't know, she's got a course online that teaches the basics. I just, I had to throw that out there because I had a feeling she wasn't going to do it, but I had to throw that out there right now in the middle of the episode so y'all can hear it. Like, no, for real. Like, see, one of the things that I know that Zakira specializes in is, is getting the lighting right in shot composition. Like, I've seen it. I've seen it. Like, I've seen the post and she'd be like, all right, well, maybe we need to move this over here and change the light from over this way because uh, it's getting kind of ridiculous. But with that, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back because we want to do some mirrors. Hey, <laughs> it's an FM membership for real. Yes. Oh my gosh, y'all. I have put together a membership for F the Glitter. Y'all check this out. You need a community. You have been looking for a community of other creatives who are also women to help you achieve your goals. But this right here, this right here is the bridge. It closes the gap between your professional, creative, and your personal life. You've been looking for your tribe, your group of folks who you can be your creative self with, and this is it right here. I'm telling you, this is it right here. Benefits of membership include contract templates, monthly live workshops, business best practices, and a safe space to just be yourself, to just be your creative self, all right? So make sure you head on over to www.ftheglitter.com and sign up for this membership and come on and be an ETG creative, all right? That's www.eftheglitter.com. I'll see you there. All right, 
So we are back with Zakira Muhammad. Thank you for coming. Nice. Um, we were just talking about how you um, you actually went to school for photography, and it was a, a a subsidiary of Boston University, correct? And it was out in Georgetown. So I'm from PG County. I grew up in. PG County, Maryland, which is like on the other side of the line of DC. Like there's the little box that is DC. And then there's like that corner that encompasses it. It's called PG County. And then there's Montgomery County, but nobody goes up there. So, and I say that's that. That's where I live though. But that's where I live though. I lived in PG. I, I went to, I drove, I took the train or. Yeah. Well, depends. nobody lives in DC. Like, I mean, people live in if DC they and they're it. crazy. Like the people yeah. who live there are crazy or they've been there since the sixties and they've got their stuff grandfathered in so that they don't ever have to move. But well, they work for the government and they have enough money to. Yeah. Afford. And I keep doing this because I keep thinking of that block, the little square that's DC. It, it literally thing. is. Yeah. Even Howard, thing. even Howard yeah. University, the, the campus is not in the, you right. know, the, the campus is Howard literally is. in Silver Spring. Like it's, it's right. on the other side. Yeah. Exactly. But if you ain't from there, you don't know, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. So anyway, you said you went to school and then you discovered the type of photography you wanted to do. So let's, let's back that up a little bit and let's go into the different styles of photography because like, I didn't know, I knew, I knew about product photography because that's like a hobby of mine. And I know about like, just taking like portraits, like portrait photography. Like I'm familiar with that, but you said there was like street photography and something else and something else. So let's, let's expound on that a little bit. Let's, let's go there. It's so funny though. It, I, it's funny you mentioned this because it's reminded me, I probably should, uh, reiterate the same thing to my own, because um, like I said, you 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 in the you're in the group of um, where I teach other photographers. So I feel like I need to find on that that you know there's literally all kinds of photographers, photography, and um, there's no one shoe fits, you know. And so for me, I now for me, I, like I said, I've done a bunch of different kinds, right? So I started out when when my mom gave me a camera at five. I was that family historian, right? I had the, the Kodak Polaroid, the, the camera from the convenience store, and I would just Maybe photograph everybody. <laughs> yes. So uh, I would do that for my, my parents. My dad was more like, I don't mean like photogenic, but I, if I said, daddy, smile, he'd be like, you know, cheese or make some kind of funny spaces, but my mom would always be like, uh. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, so I started with that. And, and so that's, Actually, I start that, and then I led into yearbook. So that's journalism, like just stuff okay. like um yearbook photography and and the stuff that you do in college, like for a certain you know club. That's that's journalism, right? And then um travel photography. I think I think that's the category of it now because you could still have travel style portraits. Um, you can still incorporate journalism into that. You can just simply do nature of like you know the mountains and the scenery, uh -huh. landscape photography. Some people can specifically narrow it down to only do black and white photography. Uh -huh. um, and then, of course, pet photography, pot of photography, and then lifestyle is, you know, family photo shoots, weddings, okay. engagement, all of that. That's all like lifestyle. So there's definitely different kinds. But even though I had to really narrow it down even more because I was like, yeah, I like lifestyle. Um, but then I like traveling and then I like travel portraits. And it's like, no, I need specifically just, just portraits, right? So the portrait that I can free the moment in time and capture, you know, capture you, um, candidly also, because there's also the difference between fashion photography is just like product photography is very detail oriented. Mm -hmm. So every pose, every, you know, crinkle on the outfit, every and the makeup is, is obvious and a lot of that time fashion photography has the least amount of time to mm -hmm. get it retouch. right yeah so everything has to be done in camera and so a lot of times that's why there's a, uh, that's why if you see behind the scenes of any of your favorite magazines there's 10 people on set because everybody has the job to make sure that that photo gets taken correctly oh. and then there's um editorial editorial is more so of like the album cover that you see of the um like when the your favorite celebrities are at um award shows so mm -hmm. that's more of the editorial style so i mean i've literally and then of course events i think events are, are given like you know hey i'm having a grand opening or hey i'm having an album release party or hey i'm having a surprise retirement party events so 
they all involve people. You have to talk to people. You have to interact with people. You have to like people. But I think I narrowed it down to I wanted to do portraits of those who, um, you know, I can be a different transformation um, experience to them. So, yeah. All right. So last time we spoke, we talked about how much of a music kid you were and how you were like really into um, R&B was your big thing. Right. And um, let's see. What else do I remember? R&B is your thing. And you were in a group where you did a business at one point where it was helping music artists establish who they were and get themselves together. Right. Right. So now that you're back in Atlanta and you're like in the black music mecca right now, like, what's going on with it? What's up? Yes. Okay. So I was super blessed to become an A&R. So for those who don't know what that is, that's artist and repertoire. And mm, how about, who do, who's a great one that you would know? Well, if you think about Young Jeezy, anybody who knows Young Jeezy, that's what he does now with his music label. If you remember Lil John, that's what he does before he, you know, was a, that DJ and producer. That's what he, um, that's what he did, right? He would find these artists and build them up. Literally, that's what it is. We help them. We wear many different hats at this point to really help them to get to the level of success that, you know, your top artists are at now. They had to have a and R person to uh, help them to build their brand and so that's kind of what I do and it's fun because you know I, I still love discovering new music even though the independent media company that I work with um it's predominantly hip-hop and R&B but it's all genres really and it, it's fun because you know I just left Nashville Tennessee country music heaven but you know oh, I love how yeah. did you survive I did it that's why I left <laughs> 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 so but yeah that's fun um so i'm i'm still uh it, it's fun because it's not completely left of what i want to do i can still you know these same artists that do eventually need album packaging or need photo shoots for their events um or need like you know documentary style photograph if they're in the studio on tour things of that so I can still photograph and I can still strategize them on social media. Um, so it's not too far away. And so that's, that's what I do um, mm-hmm. with that. And so, of course, being here in, like you said, the Black music mecca, um, I'm, I actually get to have access to a studio, a photo studio where I can, you know, get back to photographing in studio. Because actually, believe it or not, the whole time I was in Nashville, I could not find a studio to photograph out of, right? That was not too far away from wherever the client was. That was not, you know, one thing or the other. Um, And so, yeah, I actually got to photograph in a studio since I've been here. So that's super exciting. So, How does yeah. it feel? Like, yes, I'm back. It was like, it's like, it's muscle memory at this point where it just, it just, I just pick up right where I left off. So it's still super exciting. Well, my coworkers just escaped from their office quote end quote so there may be some stuff going on in the background but we're gonna finish we're gonna continue so um so we got music got photography we have social media um are you still doing social media now yeah social media management yes so i um still do social media management but um i'm kind of like repackaging my services in the instance of um making sure that that those who get the nicely done photographs know how to use them, right? Because that's what I've observed um, in the past. Maybe not necessarily with my clients, but I've observed it. You will get very well done photographs and then just photo dump them all on social media. And I'm like, first of all, There's no you don't strategy. have a strategy. Exactly. <laughs> so the next pack is, is the next level of, you know, focus meter group is really um, making sure that you have a strategy and good looking designs to go with these images that you just took. So, yeah, it's it's also more of I now do VIP days where because there's a lot of people like we say are DIYing. Right. So they, they've already been doing it for a while and they're not sure if they want to work long term. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I work with them for one day and help them, you know, with the strategy that they do. So that's that kind of the route that I'm going. But if they do really want us to manage their social media, that's at least six months um, out. Because, again, I've really been changing so much that there, it's not it's not microwavable. Even as much as you want it to be, it's not going to be. So the first three months are normally just 
building up your audience, building up your tribe. So. Okay. So with that, let's go into, um, I think this is my last question of the day. Um, pardon my coworker. But with that, um, what would you say is the best way for people to beat the algorithm? Because lately Instagram has changed their algorithm. Facebook has changed their algorithm. Like what are some ways that you would say have helped your clients beat the algorithm to keep their visibility up? So um, if you're not using, especially for Instagram, if you're not using Reels, you need to be using Reels. Um, I think that's the next big thing. We've been saying this for years as marketers that um, video is the next big thing, and it truly is. Even if it's an audio video, like people are listening to in Clubhouse, um, just make sure that you have some kind of video going on. Um, that can help. But I think the biggest thing also that has to be reminded is that social media is a rented platform. Like, unless you're paying for ads, it's completely free, right? All you need is your phone and your internet or your computer. So send people to one of your paid platforms. You're paying for an email marketing system like um, um, Flowdesk. You have organized your clients like um, in custom relations management system like HoneyBook or DevSado. So take people off of your social media and into your email list. So I feel like that's finally making its way full circle to, you know, either post content that educates, inspires, um, or entertains on social media and always make your call to action somewhere else. Like follow me in my Facebook group, follow me on my membership site, follow me in my email list, join oh, my, one of my courses. Yes. Website, please, because, you know, you got, you spent so much money getting it done and, and the SEO and, you know, and get traffic on there. So. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's one thing that I preach. <laughs> get them off of Facebook. Like you can meet them on Facebook, but get them off of Facebook. The Facebook shut down. You still need to reach them people. Get, get them off of Facebook. That, what happened when um, someone, one of my photographer slash a website designer, um, a cousin, that's what we call each other. When we're, we're not acquainted with cousin, right? So she, when the Facebook logged out all the iPhone users, that's the first thing she added. What happens if, if they log you out for good? Do you have a website? No, come to, come book with me. I'm like, yes, girl, <laughs> yes. That's my My big thing is email list. And um, it's funny because I used to think this way, but I was like, I don't want an email list. I don't want to go email nobody. I don't know what to tell people. Like, I don't know. I don't want to get emails. Why would I send emails? And then I remember somebody like is like a aha moment was people sign up for your email list, which means they want to hear whatever it is you got to say whenever you say it. So don't worry about how many times your email show up in their inbox. That's for them to worry about. You just make sure you send the email so that they remember who you are. And then I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Like that makes a lot of sense. I shouldn't be worried because I mean, think I use Bath and Body Works all the time. Bath and Body Works. I want an endorsement, goddamn, for all this. But I use Bath and Body Works all the time. I say Bath and Body Works sends me an email every day. Every day they send me an email because I signed up for their email list and I delete their emails every day. But I'm not getting off that email list because they have their big candle sale the week before Christmas every year. And I need to know when that day is coming so that I can get in there and buy my 10, 12, 15 candles. <laughs> So yeah. I'm waiting for a specific email, but I know it's coming. And so, you know, when I say that, it's like people are like, you know what? That's right. I said, Bath and Body Works don't care nothing about teaching you how to take care of your skin or teaching you nothing. No, they just say, hey, we got this new scent. You need to buy it. Hey, we got this new line that came out. You need to buy it. They don't give a rat's behind about how your skin is reacting to the fragrances. They want you to buy their stuff. And that's what their email is. It's cut and dry. There's no fluff. There's no There's a pretty picture that says, click here to purchase period and I said so you know a lot of people are like well I need to share this information don't worry about sharing the information that's why they call you and pay you send them an email <laughs> and one of my aha moments was um for so long I was like why are people unsubscribing from my email list what did I do wrong but then I'm just like no, you're cleaning your email list for you, right? Instead of going through going through and finding out who the dormant people are or why aren't they responding, they're doing it for you. They're saying, nah, this ain't interesting to me no more. So uh, it's basically a good thing that people are unsubscribing. Never mind the number, even if the number looked high, never mind that. It's a good thing because they're 
that you um could most email lists you pay by the number of subscribers so they're doing you a favor and you make room just like in a paper friendless okay if you want if you don't care about you know follow my page delete yourself you know the same right. thing with the email the same thing. so yeah right but with that zakira just mentioned flowdesk and i use flowdesk she used flowdesk and a couple of people use flowdesk and right now flowdesk is i'm saying this on purpose flowdesk has a referral program so if you don't have it you need to get in it you need to get on it because they do have a referral program where whoever you know refers you to flowdesk you know they get a kickback and then whoever you refer to flowdesk you get kickback i'm just throwing that out there y'all like and and they don't charge per subscribers they let you get unlimited subscribers for like a flat rate which i think is really good and the reason why i bring it up is because i know mailchimp gets expensive once you get past that 2000 mark like mailchimp can be expensive um I know, com- not ConvertKit. ConvertKit. ConvertKit is expensive, but it's not as bad. It's it's more reasonable as far as like the packages themselves. And uh, what is it? Aweber. Aweber is crazy. MailerLite. Yeah, MailerLite is a pay per email and uh, Constant Contact is a pay per contact. Email. Yeah. yeah Constant mm-hmm. Contact. Uh, but I know Aweber is like crazy. Like their interface is ridiculous. Like it's not and very then there's, And then there's Kajabi. Kajabi and Kartra. Oh my god. You know, Kartra's not that bad. It's a it's a learning curve with Kartra, but Kartra's not that bad. Once you get into Kartra, Kartra's not that bad. What is dub dubs to do? Like Dubsado, yeah. Well, it's not uh Do they do emails? I know not uh, not mask. I think that's the difference between mass emailing, but mm-hmm. of course you can email if like, hey, you're talking to your client. Um right. don't forget this or schedule this call or what do you think about this? But you can set up so sequences, far, but you can't just send out like a blast. Not yeah. Okay. Yes. I know um Keep it used to be called Infusionsoft. They do mass emailing as well. But Keep is a whole system. Keep is a whole system. K-E-A-P. Right. Not like keep it in your hand, but like K. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh HubSpot. Now HubSpot is HubSpot is high, mm. ain't it? Mm. Yeah, that one actually is one of the few. It's a CRM, customer relationship management system. It's one of the few that you can actually send mass emails to. You can get inquiries, automate their workflows, mm-hmm. um, call, schedule calls, and send mass emails. It's okay. free. Uh, they have a lot of free capability, but it I, it was obviously built by a man, and it's still difficult. <laughs> so I don't. I don't. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Maybe we should do that. We're just gonna have a whole nother episode of like CRMs. No, no, let me stop. No, some CRMs they save your life because you can set up all the systems in one place and you don't have to have 15 different logins for different systems. And I will say Zapier is a lifesaver. If you do have systems in different places, Zapier is Zapier is it because you definitely, you know, pull that together. I don't even know how we got onto this, like trying to get these emails. No, we started talking about how sometimes, you know, how social media is a rented space and how you got to get people over to email. So in order to get people over to your email, you got to have your emails somewhere. And so these are different places where you can put your emails. And even even I do want to give an example while we're on the subject for photographers yes. that are listening. Uh, yes, utilize email because the best way to do it is when, um, you know, these are some automated systems that you can start working on of like, when you do get an inquiry, they get that first email of, hi, this is me, this is my story, these are my services. The next email could be after they do book your services is, hi, this is what you can expect from your photo shoot, this is what other people are saying from previous photo shoots. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some people still love getting birthday emails, some people still love getting follow-ups 30 days after the photo shoot. Everybody loves birthday emails. Yes. I, I, <laughs> I, that's why a lot of my subscriptions, my food subscriptions, I'm staying on that list because I get free birthday food every year. So, yeah. You know what? Starbucks surprised me last year. They were like, hey, happy birthday. Here's $10. I was like, what? Let me go get this $10 drink that I ain't never going to buy again. But yes, let me get that. Let me get that. Let me get that. So, yes, everybody loves birthday emails. They like to feel special. It's one anniversary you have. It never changes. It never changes. So, the cure. What do you have coming up? Like, what's happening in, let's see, your episode is in June. So what's happening this summer? What's going on this summer? So that's a good question. Hopefully, um, things will be coming uh, or opening, right? Now that a lot of people are, are trusting the vaccine or, or um, 
following protocols finally somewhat because they're more, <laughs> a bit more implemented. So hopefully we're back in the music scene of, you know, the artist that I am in A&R for you can actually do in-person showcases. Um, uh, hope I feel like I'm excited for the where the music industry is going. Um, but then also by June, this is a lot of people June is always busy anyway, because by then, I guess, you know, the business moms are, are, you know, their kids are not so focused on school, so they can kind of focus on themselves or they're trying to go on vacation and want to outsource everything. So June, uh, the summer is always busy, but definitely stay um, up to date and just follow me on social media because I'm also, I do have a book out and June makes like the, the, the half anniversary of it. It's not, I mean, it's been out for a year already, but you know how like you, some people celebrate half birthdays. I kind of thought do that with book anniversaries. So hopefully by then I'll have a supplemental journal for my book or even another book. You know, once once a writer, always a writer. Once a traveler, always a traveler, right? right so right. I just think just just follow me uh, everywhere on social media. Uh, I focus media group. I think I'll finally be merging everything. So P-H-O-C-U-S-E-D media group. And just, you know, follow to stay up to date on, on everything creative that we will be doing all right so with that i do want to say thank you thank you so much for joining me again yes. oh and oh, what if, if in case someone was asking when we mentioned it my facebook community and the mentorship program is called photos made simple and yes. we teach you to master your device your lighting and your confidence and this is not just iPhone pictures. These is if you yeah, got a real not just, camera. Yeah. If you have a real camera, it doesn't matter um, if it's interchangeable lenses or not. If you have, if you are team Android, that's fine too. Because all all you need is is your device. You have to master your device. That's what really defines you as a photographer and stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that, we will say thank you again. Like for real. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I always enjoy our conversations. We have plenty we business bestie now. Oh yeah, conversations even outside of F the Glitter and you know, even just our, you know, brainstorming strategy sessions. Like, look, all right, we're trying to make this much, this much. What, what we gotta do? Like, all right, well, let's, let's And this person giving me a headache. What do I need to do about that? Right. How do I <laughs> how do I break up with this client, Lord? Like we have those types of conversations. It's always a pleasure. It's always it's always good. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the F the Glitter podcast. I'm your host, Ashley of A. Louise Creative, where we shine the spotlight on women of color in the industry of graphic design, brand design, marketing strategy, and brand strategy. A special thanks to my guests for joining us today, and we'll be here next week for our next episode of F the Glitter. You can find us on your favorite podcast broadcast station, iTunes, Spotify, Google Cast and others. We look forward to seeing you next week.